Hi, everybody. This is Moshe Fried, and welcome to the very 35th episode of the Class Stars podcast. Today, we travel to Hungary, and we talk with David, and hear what teaching is like in Hungary. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day? and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. So, we are in Hungary today, in the town of Piech, with David Shamogi, who I met through Facebook, and great teacher, teaching for more than seven years, and in Hungary, the culture is very, very different. So I'm excited to have David here. David, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Great. So things are different in Hungary than they are in the United States, and we'll, we'll jump right into that. But before we do, tell me a little bit about what brought you into teaching. What, what got you into this field in the first place? Well, basically what gets people into teaching is not really like determination. It's like out of necessity. There are, I'm sure there's a percentage of teachers who go into teaching because their parents were teachers or, or they have this, you know, like unquenchable feeling of, you know, wanting to teach. But a lot of the teachers go into teaching because they, they just want, you know, like a, a job in the public sector because, you know, like, I, I, I finished, you know, like I, I graduated from university and there I, there I was without a job. Now, what do you do? Uh, you go out on freelance, which is, well, financially not really a viable option in, as a beginner. Um, or you land a job in a school. So that's what I was going for. So I did freelancing for a while, but then I got hired to a school basically. and. Well, I don't know. I don't know how it works in the U.S., but you know, like you always uh, get fixed-term contracts. So that that's always until June, and then summer is off, and then it, at the very end of August, they tell you if you can work another uh, school year or not. Wow. So that's usually that's usually that's that's business as usual, unless they like you, and then they're gonna extend your contract until August, and then you can start the next year wow. yeah so that's basically how it works so everybody's you know everybody's dream is like a tenure so if you if you if you do it for like seven years then you get tenured and then but i suppose that's that's the same yeah yeah it's, in, similar. In the it's, US. Similar here. it's similar here except that in the united states i mean i don't know how it is all over the united states but i know i'm from new york city and the, the mm -hmm. teachers union is very strong so oh is so, it yeah so once once you get in, once you get in, you have the the union, you know, protection from the union, and you know, you know, and and I've spoken with um, with people from the union, and and they really make sure that you know that the teachers are taken care of. So at least oh, in the, I, I don't know, I don't know that that's you know I don't know how it plays out, you know, in the rest of the United States. Outside of New York City is very different. The rest of New York State is different. Um, but I'm sure that there are internal politics, you know, obviously within the union and all that kind of stuff. So I try to avoid that stuff. I'm, you know, when I talk to teachers, it's just, you know, let's help the kids. That's, that's, that's really my goal. I don't, you know, I don't get involved in the politics of it. I try to stay out of that. 
I just yeah, want yeah. I just want teachers to be encouraging kids to do the best that they can. I know how valuable the teacher student relationship could be. And yes, you know, and again, how, um, and again, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so curious to hear from you how that is perceived and, and, and executed upon in Hungary. You know, I would imagine just, just from our little chat before we started the podcast interview, it doesn't yeah. sound like too many teachers make too many connections that last beyond the year. You know, like it, it's, it's a business of, it sounds like a more business. I'm not, you know, and I'm not even going to guess, go ahead. You tell me what is, what are the, what is it like? Let's, let's, let's hear straight from you. I don't want to give you any. Okay. Answer. Okay. So, so here's the deal. I mean, the business side is not really the other, it's kind of about survival because <laughs> uh, what do we make? I, I want to say it's uh, between, so a typical teacher makes between four and $500 a month. And uh, so that's, that doesn't sound like a lot of money and it's not even here. So basically our prices apart from real estate are kind of the same, but hearing about the union, that sounds like, that sounds like paradise over there. Because uh, <laughs> and, the and many teachers will tell you that it is. Well, yeah. No, I mean, like unions uh, in the U.S., historically unions were formed, you know, like gra grassroots movements. So they, they came from below. But in Hungary, you know, like during socialism, being part of a union was mandatory. Therefore, people didn't really like it because people uh -huh. don't really like stuff that comes from the government. So that's pretty much a... a, a uh, so... In Hungary, we have two teachers' unions who kind of oppose each other on certain issues. And for the past 20 years, ever since, you know, like the <laughs> teachers realized that, you know, like strikes can be an option. Um, the, the teachers are trying to uh, strike, but it never comes to any <laughs> satisfactory conclusion. Wow. So... Yeah, that's so in terms of unions, unions are not really cohesive. So everybody has their own ideas and, and, and it's really hard to get teachers to go in the same direction. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, like we cannot get uh, any, any sort of reform done in Hungarian education due to the very highly centralized nature of it, which, uh, well, if you come from an underprivileged area, so then, then your school receives less funding from the state. Every school is state run, of course, um, except for the ones that are uh, church schools or, or religious schools who also receive state funding, but about double the amount per wow. student. Yeah, so this is kind of... So yeah, like uh, the reason I'm having like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm having misgivings about talking about this, but this is kind of taboo to talk about here. Okay, okay. Listen, um, we don't want you to get into any kind of trouble or anything. Like that, <laughs> well, sure. I doubt anybody listens to a, you know, like a, <laughs> an, American a, podcast an educational podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's basically about that. So unions and uh, you told me about the app. Yes. How does how do teachers keep track of students' achievements and, and grades and 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 uh, you know like like truancy 
uh, in the US. So do you have digital uh, registers? What do you call them? They have both. They have both. You know, there's the old fashioned way of doing it on paper. And yeah. obviously everything's moving over to digital. So schools have, you know, electronic ways of doing it. But like every change, it's met with resistance. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know how, every school is different. You know, every school does it their own way. Obviously there are some, you know, private schools are completely doing it their own way. The public schools, you know, are doing it more, you know, in a system with the other public schools. And again, it depends on the district, you know, New York city is a huge district, but even there, I don't think that every school in the district does it the same way. Principals have a lot of autonomy in New York city public schools to run their schools the way they, the way they think it should be run. Um, you know, in the suburbs, I know that the districts, you know, there's one particular district that we work with that the entire district is run under one superintendent and, you know, each school has their own principal, but the superintendent is, is really fantastic. And she's got a, she's, you know, she oversees the entire district and they're all working pretty much, you know, you know, together as, as one, you know, they, 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 they work together. So, so that's the, you know, those are the schools that I know personally, but from what I'm talking with teachers, you know, from all around, really it's different. Different schools are different. There's no one way. You know, one of the things that are, that's so amazing about education is that despite the fact that it's such an old profession, you know, schools have been around forever and it's so critical, there's no really, you know, agreed upon formula. Everybody has their own way of doing it. And every school is really different. And even educators that come out of the same school of education will have their own ideas, their own ways of doing things. And at the end of the day, that's what makes each teacher unique. You know, that's what makes each teacher special. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So, so there isn't, I, you know, I don't think there's like a one way to do it. There's all different kinds of ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that's, that's also what I believe. However, um, yeah, you know, we talked about, you know, like uh, how to notice that kids have problems. Mm-hmm. And I work with uh, high school kids. And in the past, I've worked with, you know, like schools, uh, with, with kids who go to schools that are elite schools. And I, it wasn't really my flavor of teaching uh, because you have to keep to really strict rules. So, you know, like the, the, the principal would, you know, sometimes come in to see your class or you get like this mentor whose real job is kind of like not really to make you a better teacher, but, you know, like just to see if you are, if you're doing it the right way. Um, but, but that's what you get a lot of here. And now I'm working in a kind of like a vocational school with kids who are not as privileged or underprivileged and i'm loving it frankly this is this is this is more what i like to do because well you know like because of the funding well you know it's it's usually kids who need help so yeah i don't know uh recently like a month ago uh yeah so never mind here we get to get into depressing stuff because uh, one of my students committed suicide. Oh boy. And uh, I, 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 I've been trying, so I had been trying to, you know, like talk to her and, and, and you know, we talked on Messenger every day. And uh, 
so yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't exactly good but what what is striking about this is that if you ask any student in 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 the school system they will have you know classmates or just basically people who they know from their schools or multiple people who committed suicide wow. that's kind of a thing wow and yeah so there's and and there are these elite schools and religious schools who can afford a school psychologist at least that's the way i see it uh or, or the things i've seen so elite schools can afford the psychologist who doesn't really do much because eh, like there's still like you know this stigma on people who go to a psychologist you know like those are the crazy people um and yeah so that's that's basically <laughs> what's going on here and uh yeah wow no uh so but but in in this school in this school they don't have any such thing and usually what happens is uh like if there's bullying going on most of the time teachers just turn a blind eye wow. because they're just not pay, paid enough to care wow. and and besides there's also a shortage of teachers so usually schools are understaffed and uh, you know like if you read even a couple of pieces of news about this uh then you can see that being understaffed so for example i don't know my <laughs> there are certain schools where i don't know so all public jobs have to be uh, advertised on a website i don't really know the the url but uh, there are certain schools who just post ads of any type of teacher needed but that's mainly in rural areas wow um so it's not it's not a popular profession um but that's basically what's going on so so these kind of problems that i have you know like just became aware of through talking to this girl who told me about you know like what it's like to have bipolar disorder wow. and the like um and you know the treatment so when she was in hospital in the summer so she she enrolled herself into into hospital uh and she told me about you know like what what went on there and yeah it it was it was tough it was tough so it's like it's like coming to coming to terms with like where where we stand in 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 this country but you know it is and and yeah so back to the back to the cultural thing about compliments yes because compliments are kind of viewed as so how shall i put it so growing up you don't really get many compliments <laughs> and uh mainly so that's why it's interesting what you told me about you know complimenting and criticizing someone because mostly you get criticism and you get your grades and if you get good grades good grades that's kind of the compliment and the rest is negative feedback because i don't know uh like giving someone a compliment is viewed like in certain contexts like flirtatious wow so that's why it sounds weird uh, wow. sometimes so like wow. you don't 
it's really hard to compliment like if you see a woman you know like a colleague and it's really kind of sometimes it's weird to say you know like oh you look good in that dress or okay something. but what right so, okay so that i could understand but what if what if you have a what if you're a teacher and you're teaching high school and there's a girl in your class and you say you know you're you that was a really great question that you just asked wow thanks for asking that question we got a real good conversation out of that um well yeah i i usually say that it's it's so i'm i'm kind of trying to move culturally toward the west that's that's entirely my intention and sometimes they i don't know at first it's weird for them you know getting compliments on stuff but i you know like if they have a nice so because also what is so you know in conservative conservative schools what you get or in a conservative context is uh, like all the criticism uh for for the way they decorate themselves, or how shall I say? So like, you know, earrings, tattoos, okay. piercings, whatever. Um, you know, which I view as the student's personal decision and, you know, like their family can decide whether they can have a tattoo or not. And I don't want to get involved, but most teachers do get involved. Really? Yeah, of course. So you are not allowed to have tattoos. You're not allowed to, I don't know, dye your hair. I mean, uh, how shall I put it? It's not, it's not something carved in stone. It's just the expectation. And when you don't conform, then, you know, you get, you get all this, all this flack for, uh, for looking different. Eh, well, never mind. So that's, that's always, that's always there. And, you know, in worst case scenario, you get bullied for that. But that's not so common. But teachers do make, make it a point that you look stupid because of, you know, what you're wearing and uh, the kind of makeup you've put on. And the kids I'm working with right now, uh, they have tattoos. They have piercings. And, but they're, they're good kids. So I'm... I'm, I'm quite happy with them. And, you know, when I give them a compliment on it, at first they, they always see it as disingenuous. <laughs> like, like I'm trying to be sarcastic about it. So I have to, you know, like I have to double down on it. Yes, it's a good tattoo. So I'm trying to do that too. And also the academic stuff. Wow. So you are trying to build good relationships with them, you know, boost them up. Oh now. yeah. Yeah, Sure which I am allowed to do here because how shall I say, like neither the parents nor the workers care too much about what happens. <laughs> so that's kind of the reason, because if, if this was like an elite school, um, then this wouldn't really fly this well. Wow. You, had mentioned, you had mentioned to me a while back when we were chatting on Facebook that you had gotten into trouble in some schools because of some you know let's call them western you know western culture style you know i'm not sure exactly oh, yeah all them but like you, you know if you can if you're you know if you're not comfortable talking about it then i don't want to put you you know well, no 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 um here's 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 like Obviously, I got fired from uh, the religious school because I dared tell the kids uh, that their body, I mean, I mean, every morning 
we used to have these um, meetings. So we had to be there like at 7.50. It was a 10-minute meeting for all the kids in the school, and there was always someone preaching in the hallway. And well, I don't know. There were times when it, it went like a little bit overboard with the, with the religious nut. I mean, I don't, take, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against – I mean, I do obviously have something against religion, but, you know, extremism is not really something that flies well with me. But I don't know. They told the kids – that their bodies can be uh, occupied by malevolent spirits hmm. or like evil spirits. And I was like, come on, that's not really Catholic, is it? <laughs> so I just told them that. I didn't go into anything special. I just told them, don't worry about the evil spirits. They don't exist. <laughs> okay. um, and yeah, that, that got me into trouble, obviously. And also there was a, I had two students, two girls who were caught kissing in the bathroom. And the whole school pretty much turned on them after that point. Mm -hmm. um, so teachers incited uh, like kids to be mean to them. So in the hallway, like everybody knew about it. And they wanted to take it to, like, like they wanted this court-martial for them, <laughs> like, you know, with the principal, priests, the parents there, because this is a grave sin. And I was kind of the only person who went to the principal and said that this is stupid and she shouldn't do any, any, any such thing. Um, and yeah, that didn't fly well. Like, uh... <laughs> But, you know, they, 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 were, they were really, really nice girls. And I think uh, I met them like six months ago and they're moving in together. So good news there. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's a major reason I got fired from the Catholic school. Well, let me ask you this question because we have about 10 minutes left. Oh, yeah. How do you, you grow up in this culture and be so out of the box and be so different than everybody around you? How do you pull that off? Oh, I'm a digital immigrant, so to say. I mean, I, I pretty much there's one thing I'm good at, and that's English, kind of, you know, I, I, I can speak passably. But yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. Like, with the English language comes, you know, like the Western culture. And I don't know, I just, I just like it. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was tough for me. I come from a small town, which is obviously more closed-minded than the cities. Um, and it took me years to get used to, you know, like how, how people live in a city and uh, how it's a different mentality. And then I had to learn, you know, like how people live in bigger cities. Like I, I worked in London. I, I, I lived in, I, I mean, I stayed for a semester in uh, St. Petersburg. So it was, it was an interesting thing to do. So I got, I got to look at the world. Wow. But never You're... mind. The other, <laughs> the other thing was um, just you asked me about how I got fired. And this is my – so once it was for religious reasons and the other one was for political because – okay, now this is, the, this is the real taboo subject. Now, as a – so there's this qualification system in Hungary, which you have to go through if you're, if you're a teacher. 
and you get graded from one to three. And if you're number three, you're your master teacher, uh, and you get to give qualifications to like ones and twos in category one and category two teachers. But for example, but I don't know, do you have NDAs in the US for teachers? So non-disclosure agreements? I am not aware of such a thing. It could be, but I'm not aware yeah. of disclosure agreement in, for a teacher. Non in Hungary, in Hungary, there's this thing. I can legally get sued now for telling you all of this, um, <laughs> because the, uh, we get we get uh, a contract, so a non-disclosure agreement uh, with our contract with the school, which we have to sign. You like, you are not allowed to talk about anything. You know, like of the internal affairs of this school. Wow. <laughs> That's that's standard procedure. So, yeah, yeah that, that, that doesn't help publicity in, in, in this subject. Um, but the other reason was that, uh, so I had my qualification to become a, I don't know, level one teacher. And I don't know, I, I, did, I did everything. I did my part. I, I did my lesson that they observed. And then they said, well, this was great. Awesome, you get like a high, I, I can't even remember, like for that thing I got 100%. But at the end, I made the mistake of asking them. So, so they told me that I can, uh, what's the word? So I can just grade their performance at my class. And I said, well, you were just fine, but can I maybe, you know, say something about the entire system, perhaps. Now, that was my mistake, because after that, um, so this is, this is, uh, this got back to me from a colleague, you know, I heard it kind of like through the grapevine. Uh, they went to the principal and said, you know, like, well, this guy can't really stay here. He's, he's critical. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, it was, it was, it was that, that thing. <laughs> wow. And after that, I, I, I got to freelancing full time. <laughs> wow. Wow. So tell no, me. That was, so these were the two, two, me, two no, big reasons. Wow. Well, let me ask you one quick question. Do you ever think of moving out of Hungary? Ask you that kind uh, of sure, all the time. All the time. But, you know, I have a family and I know, I know that other places are, uh, are not, not any better. Um, I mean, they are. They, they are much better, but I don't know. Mainly the thing that keeps me here is on the one hand, it's really hard to, you know, like leave with an entire, you know, with a kid and a wife. Uh, but also um, I have this, this thing, you know, uh, that I want to make a difference. Sure. And maybe, maybe just maybe, you know, like some students have it better because, you know. Because uh, you're their teacher. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to be a positive influence on kids' lives. That's great. Because, uh, yeah, they, they don't get a lot of that, at least in these, in these settings. Wow. So let's wrap up. Tell me some of the positive. Okay. You know, obviously, you spoke about that girl that, you know, who committed suicide, which is obviously yeah. not a good thing. But, but, but the point is that that's a place where you can make a difference, where you can have a very strong impact. Can you talk about some of the successes, some of the good things that have happened that you've seen? Um, oh yeah good things well you know like uh, what are good things for a teacher obviously like you know kids going to university study there are some kids who went to university study english uh because 
you know, I got them interested in it. Um, so that's a good feeling. And, you know, getting back together with, with kids who you taught, like, I don't know, I, there are kids who I taught like five years ago, we met in the street and then said, you know, like, let's have a beer. So those are the good parts. I, I value, I value the personal part with the, with my students that, you know, they, and, and some of them value my advice and, you know, I can, I can, I can pretty much live on that. <laughs> wow. That's great. That's great. Well, by the time this conversation is published, the app will hopefully be published too. Cool. So, yeah. So, you know, if you're in a position to take it and use it and to really make a strong difference with your kids, that will be fantastic because yeah, sure. that's our mission. Cool. We, want, we want teachers to have good, strong, positive influences on their kids. Okay. Yeah, sure. 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 I, I hope I can use it, but there's again, one more thing about that, which I, I'll tell you after the program. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Cause if we're wrapping up, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so we'll, we'll wrap it up for this, David. It has really okay. been, really been amazing. And, you know, kudos to you for, for really, you know, putting yourself out there and standing up for what you believe in and really trying to make a difference. And, in a community where it's really hard, it's really, really difficult to do what you're doing. You're up against a lot. And, you know, like you said before, teachers are, are not getting the greatest salaries. And, oh, yeah. you know, so, so you've but got to, and you risk not to diminish the, the, the efforts of, you know, like people who teach in, in, well, there are obviously more difficult countries to teach in. Of course. Of yeah. course. But here's the thing, you, you know, you're doing what you can in your position. You know, they're always, you can always look at what other people are doing and see people that are doing better work and people that are doing worse work. It's not a, it's not a contest of competition of, you know, what am I doing? What are you doing? You know, you're in a, you're in a position, you're in a situation that you're taking advantage of, that you're seizing your opportunities. You know, you were born in this country, you grew up in this country, you're a native and, you know, to move from the elite schools where you could, you could probably have stayed in one of those elite schools, kept your mouth shut and done, you know, followed orders and had minimal impact on kids. You know, instead you chose to, to speak your mind. Instead you chose to go to a school where the kids are underprivileged and to really make a difference in their lives. That's fantastic. That's really, really oh. fantastic. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Yes. And hopefully Thanks for we'll the compliment. Yes. My pleasure. We'll have another chance to talk, and um, we'll see you next time. Oh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It's always great to talk with people who are passionate about their craft. Please, please subscribe and tell all your friends about this great podcast, and look out for the Class Stars app that will be coming out really, really soon. Very excited, revolutionary tool that will help teachers keep track of which students need their attention the most. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.